Welcome to Popcorn History. I'm Stephanie Kibler with the Freeborn County Historical Museum Library and Village, along with Risha Lilienthal, Collections and Exhibit Coordinator at the museum, and Reggie Bauer, Operations Manager here at Power 96. Yeah. And That's today, me. we're getting a little morbid here. <laughs> sad, well, tragic, sad what other morning. words? Morning. Um, Death. Oh. Death, death. death. <laughs> um, well, um, I remember you said the topic of like grief and mourning is what you were thinking, and I like automatically got pretty excited. Um, you kind of did, which yep. is weird. That's <laughs> one about grief and mourning, and Risha's giddy. <laughs> yeah. It's Ooh, a yes, topic let's. that I yes, that's I what she love does. it. It's fascinating to me how cultures and time periods and groups treat mourning and death and the process of like losing a loved one and how they deal with that in life and how they treat like they're dead. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. I remember in Spanish class when they taught us like the Dia de los Muertos and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And when I watched the movie Coco, it made me cry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I love How Dia de los cry? Muertos. My kids and I, we celebrated that instead of Halloween. That's cool. I was a really, mm-hmm. I just find that a fascinating holiday. Hmm. And the monarchs all come in <laughs> to Mexico carrying the souls of the dead. Yeah. Sure. It's awesome. I and cried at Coco, well, too, by the way. <laughs> and see, like, because when I said something about how I loved this person's obituary, too, you thought that was weird. <laughs> but it, it's really cool because sometimes that's the only thing you can know about a person. Maybe it's more that not the, that it's weird that you loved somebody's <laughs> obituary, that you stated it that way. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. This obituary is written so well, or I learned so much from this obituary I loved this <laughs> obituary. That's yeah, kind of where yeah. I was coming from. Sure. <laughs> um, well, in college was a time that I did a lot of like research into the Victorian time period and their um, culture around death and mourning and funerary practices. And I also went into the American Civil War and kind of what they did, too, uh, for grief and mourning. Uh, so I'm not going to talk too much about the Civil War because I'm going to be presenting that at the Civil War roundtable eventually. Um, but do, do you guys know anything about like Victorian mourning? Anything that you might like remember or have heard about? Maybe? Not off the top of my head. No? I can't really think of anything. I just go back to the conversation on hair. Oh, yes. The hair art. The what now? Hair art. Oh, my gosh. It's bizarre. Ooh, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, it is It is fantastic, yeah. but it is bizarre. It is, yes, it is very bizarre. So um, what they would do in this morning, morning really kind of took on a new life during the Victorian time period, and it really expanded due to a lot of things. One of the things was the 
emergence of the middle class and being able to have that ex- disposable income mm-hmm. um, and trying to be a little bit more like the nobility with their fashion and uh, what they could get for themselves. And uh, a lot of commercialization happened during that time. So they could maybe have a little bit more of, of some sort of display for their loved one rather than just whatever. I don't know. They'd like chuck them in a, <laughs> right. in a ravine somewhere. Yeah. I've all of a sudden got the Lord song stuck in my head. Oh, uh-huh. Royals? Royals, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That looks just ain't for us. Well, and even during the Victorian time period, there's a whole thing where undertakers were getting, like, were being prosecuted because they were giving a grand funeral to people who were not nobility. Oh, wow. And so the, the audacity. No- right? right? The nobility was like, you're giving this person a baron's funeral. You can't do that. They're not a baron. <laughs> And the undertaker was like, yo, I just did what they asked me to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got to make a living, man. They, they paid me, like, you know. Um, but one of the quotes that I have stuck in my head from that time period was, a cheap funeral with no flowers and a plain box for a coffin would have made it clear to the world that the corpse went unloved and unhonored to its grave. Oh, and Whoa. that's not true. Isn't that sad? That because... Because you could still be poor and only have a pine box right. and still be loved. Yeah, but that was how they Aww. were starting to view it because they were like, well, we have money, so we could, you know, if we're not doing that for our loved one, obviously we don't love them. That was the, the view. And that kind of goes into the mourning tradition, too. Like Queen Victoria, you know, she was very well known for her mourning. And that came into the United States as well. Um, like the queen, after her husband died, she never wore her crown again. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. She wore a mourning veil, huh. which oh. mourning veils were like went down to your knees in the front and then all the way down your back wow. in the back. Mm-hmm. They were, and I just found one in our collections just recently. Really? Of course you did. I did. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so cool. Um, uh, it was a little bit more of the American version because uh, it was, you know, here in Freeborn County, of course. But so it was a little bit more lacy than crepe. I have a lobby exhibit. Oh. You know, that really great wicker... Looking, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the funeral basket, the funeral basket, and mourning veil. Wouldn't that we be also a really have a cool mourning display? cape? Love it. Yeah, that would be cool. Sorry, um, just my epiphany. Yeah, yeah. Like mourning veils became really, really big. Like it was because you had to display your grief publicly rather than quietly reflecting in private, and you had to do this for months to years. Hmm. As a wife of somebody who died, especially. Um, But the veils themselves, in deep mourning, it lasted like three months where you had to have the veil covering your head, your face, everything. Uh, It was called a weeping veil, too, because it hid your tears. Yeah. Yeah. But there was also the superstition, because at this time period, there was a lot of, like, the spirituality was a big deal. Mm. Like, it was really emerging and stuff, too. And they had the idea that the spirit of a loved one, like, so that spirit, the person who died, would be hanging around their loved one. And so if they revealed their face, the person who looked at that mourning person's face might have that spirit get attached to them. Uh Uh-oh. So they thought it was also protecting other people. Huh. 
Interesting. Yeah. Weird, but... Right? <laughs> um, but the black crepe fabric was really, really heavy, and it was uh, designed not to reflect any light, so it was considered the symbol of removal of light from that person's life. So your veil would be dark? It would be very be dark. dark. How yeah. hard to breathe? Yes. Oh, that that became a big deal, because actually that, that material was toxic. Oh, oh, gee. Of course yeah. it was. Um, they would breathe in toxic dust from the chemicals that were in it. And here's a list of some of the chemicals that they got. Uh, arsenic. Fun. Chromium. Hmm. Benzene. Potassium dichromate. And copper chloride. Ew. And so during that time, uh, there were medical pro, pro... What is that word? Professionals? Yes, Practitioners. Practitioners. That's the word I was thinking. Um, they <laughs> didn't laughing at me. Um, they uh, were discouraging people from using that material because they were like, a lot of these widows are dying and it's not a broken heart. <laughs> right. Like, why are you crying so much? It burns. Right. <laughs> and that material would also stain if you sweat. We're oh, sweating. God, I would or be a rain. train wreck. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was rough. So I, th- that whole practice or ritual, because um, men didn't have to do this. Men didn't. Of have course, to. we men, did. Men had a mourning tradition, but it was very much shorter, and it was usually just like kind of like the World War like armbands you you saw mm. those black like armbands. It was more like that. So they had it, but definitely not, not as big. Right. Yeah, very interesting. Kind of creeps me out <laughs> a little bit. So yeah. when we started talking about this. Um, the topic right. of grief, it actually came out of some research that we had been doing at the uh, in the research library. Um, we um, have an incredibly great library. Yeah. And probably, I, I may be speaking out of <laughs> turn here, but probably one of the better ones in the state for um, county historical museums especially and, paired with our library. i was gonna say there. and we've yeah. got linda the librarian who we need a theme song for linda right. the librarian um who knows so much and can mm-hmm. easily find anything and everything and does such a great job so we get a lot of um, local people that research but also from across the u.s and yeah. some from other countries mm-hmm. contact us wow um, other historical societies have had us do research yeah when i say us i mean linda, like linda the yeah. librarian yeah. <laughs> <laughs> companies utilize the library and research um that we can do to locate information on if they've purchased a historic building or what what um, old photographs of where their yeah their building is located, um, and and then primarily though our researchers are looking at family history, mm-hmm. and that can be anything from a long lost relative to trying to find a birth parent. Um, you name it, I think yeah. I think we've probably done it. So we were contacted recently by a uh, family member um, and discovered very quickly, like most of the time our stories that we research kind of have happy endings. Yeah. We can provide some neat little (laughs) tidbits on people's jobs or family life. And sometimes they are just absolutely tragic. Um, and I don't think we have a ton of those that we've come across, but this one really struck me, and it stuck to me for about a week. I was thinking about this daily. 
um, this family member was looking for information on their great-grandmother. Uh, and in 1917, a young boy drowned in Fountain Lake. Oh. There were 30 spectators, um, and it took 30 minutes before a passerby finally jumped into the water. Um, and sadly, when they pulled the boy out, he had died. Oh, wow. Um, in 1918, the parents of the boy divorced, yeah. um, and the father um, was to place the other five children in Trinity Luther Homes. Wow. Um, that didn't happen, but in October of 1918, the children were relinquished to the state school in Owatonna. Okay. Hmm. Um, the father had no permanent address and uh, didn't have the means to support them. Hmm. Um, in 1919, the mother remarried, and then again in 1927, she remarried. Um, and in 1930, she was placed in St. Peter State Hospital. Okay. Um, and three months later, she died. Wow. Wow. Um, heart-wrenching yeah. story. Yeah. And um, Linda was able to find newspaper articles and uh, census records, um, yeah. brief little clippings of um, around the, the service for the little boy, the, the funeral oh, service for the little yeah. boy. Just a tremendous amount of um, information, and not one piece that she pulled gave a happy resolution to anything which then got me thinking about the grief that people have in in when you do the family research a lot of times you can find mental illness or you can find addictions you can find somebody you thought you were going to be able to connect with who's no longer alive Um, all of those skeletons in the, the closet. The skeletons yeah. in the closet, which apparently I, I need to have library and Linda, the librarian, do a little research for me. I have been told that there's a skeleton back in my grandfather's closet oh. that mm. we need to look into. Uh-oh. Stay tuned. <laughs> might be a story in and of itself. Yeah. take a look at this. Might, might be a whole popcorn history episode Ooh. in my past. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, you know, I think, too, with the DNA testing and the 23andMe and yeah. Ancestry, that kind of thing, we're going to see more requests that come through. Oh, yeah. Um, and people looking for, you know, what did my great-grandfather do? What was his career? Yeah. Sure. Um, how did my great-great-grandmother pass away? Or, you know, where mm-hmm. is she buried? All of that. And that's all stuff we can usually do. Yeah. I mean, there, once in a while there's the elusive story that we can't <laughs> track. But right. usually we're pretty, um, again, I'm using we. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Usually Linda, Linda. is yep. really good about <laughs> oh finding my. these stories and um and then and then able to share them with the family. Yeah. So that I guess that's really that was the gist of my whole reasoning for reasoning wanting to do the for grief. wanting to do this was this yeah. one family story and how how sad it was. I yeah. mean drowning well, the state school the uh, you know Yeah three marriages dying in a state hospital well and that's something too we get people coming in who have gone to cemeteries and say these like five or like i think there's a group of four to six children who all have the same death date Uh on there and so people come in and say now what happened on that day right and i think that one was an influenza break i think you're right i think you're Um, right but yeah, so that's another question that Linda is able to answer a lot of the <laughs> right. time. She'll go, "Oh yeah, that happened on this day." And well, and you we know, anytime you're in a cemetery and you see the grave of a child, oh it, you know, yeah, question, like, oh, right? Boy. Oh my yeah, goodness. and yeah. and so she's yeah, 
and our library is able to do that. Our mm-hmm. librarian is able to use those resources that we've got and um, usually give some happy endings, but once in a while, some really tragic, <laughs> right. yeah. sad, yeah. sad tales. Well, and that's something, too, I get really interested when people come in bringing their records to add to our collection, too, is that sometimes they'll tell us, oh, yeah, I had this long-lost aunt who, like, they passed really tragically uh like that actually happened in 2020 somebody came in with um a record and they had a a drawing kind of charcoal drawing Mm -hmm. of a great aunt of theirs named anna deardle she was born in 1870 and died in 1891 so she was 21 and the story goes that she came inside from a hot day uh, just really close to where East Freeborn Church was. And she drank an ice-cold glass of water and then fell to the floor and was gone. What in Goodness. the heck? Yeah, at 21 years old. And they don't know why? They don't know why. They wow. uh, Most of, like, the whole family said it was the water. Like, just that shock of the water killed her. Wow. I would think that would be unusual, right? though, wouldn't it? Yeah. There's something in the water. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe she had like an aneurysm. Is that something? Or a heart mm. condition heart something. or something. Yeah, that's yeah. just very sudden. Yeah. But they did have that charcoal image of her, which was kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Then that gets added into, you know, our archives yep. and our library right. records. If and somebody comes along and has some sort of connection, then mm. you're able to just keep building on that yeah. as mm-hmm. time goes on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nobody wants to touch this topic. Uh, I mean, I could keep going. I oof. Do you want me to? Yeah, keep going. Oh my gosh. Okay. Like, oof, she says. <laughs> There's so much I could say about morning traditions and stuff. Um, also about the like growth of the middle class during that time period. Yeah. But um, one of the things that people would do at this time is when uh, somebody died in the home there was a superstition that you had to stop the clock that was in the same room as them and and why was that because otherwise you would have bad luck and i need more i know like and, <laughs> it, and why did they think you would have bad luck i mean was I, th- just because <laughs> that's why right like maybe it was a thing where the spirit would be upset if they came back and didn't know what time they died or something like that like they needed to have that connection to yes you died at mm. this point um there so corpse were also carried out of the home feet first well, they used to keep the corpse in the home for a period of time. Well, no, they, they would take it out and have it like go to the um, like the they wouldn't really they wouldn't embalm yet, but they would have them um, like do the autopsy kind of thing. Oh, like the like, examiner, you know, examining, making sure that they really were dead. And, and then they brought the body back in if they were. Yep, for like the wake or viewing. Yep, okay. yep, they would bring them back in in their coffin or casket. But they would go out feet first because if they went out head first, they believed that uh, the corpse, the person who died, their spirit could look back and then beckon the living to come with them Hmm. and die. Little Pied Piper of death. Ah, Come on in. The water's fine. Um, (laughs) So in mourning, too, there's a fascinating uh, 
museum in Texas that's all about funeral practices throughout mm. the years. Interesting. And one of the things that they have is a whole room decked out in that um, tradition of mourning in your own home. And they would cover any like painting of that person in a black cloth. And mirrors would be covered um, by black cloth as well because that's like a portal to the spirit world, kind of. Well, and there are um, still some religions that follow that. Yeah. That still, yeah. What, um, Jewish religion, what do they call it? Sitting Shiva? That's one, yeah, that's one of the sects death. of Judaism. Oh, they sit. I don't know. There's a term for it. I can't think of what it is now, but where they family sits and uh, but the mirrors are covered. And yep. Yeah, yep. so there's still some religions that follow that. that. continue that mm-hmm. through. In yeah. Judaism, it says uh, Shiva, I think, yep. uh, which translates literally to seven, is the week-long mourning period yeah. in Judaism oh, for first-degree relatives. Uh, the ritual oh, is referred to as sitting Shiva in English. Wow. And it lasts for seven days following the burial. Yeah. So. There are some really good movies about a family sitting shiva for seven days really hmm. um you know because family dynamics can be a little oh uh, sure a little tight yeah a little, a little rough there rough <laughs> um we put these exact opposites into the same uh, room for a week <laughs> yep yikes uh and a, with a mirror too if a mirror fell and broke by itself it meant that somebody was about to die oh in that household because the murderer knocked it over. No. Yeah. Ooh. So, Ooh. so much for seven years bad luck. <laughs> right? No, you're just going to die. So it's a lifetime. Um, I, I, there's a lot, guys. Well, and there's this is something, too. In all honesty, if people are um, are interested, aren't you going to be doing a presentation at the museum at some yes. point on this? Yes. Um, and that'll be a Thursday evening, just so we're clear. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> um, we are open on uh, the third Thursday of the month mm-hmm. until 8 p.m. Um, we should get that on the calendar. Yeah. Because that, that would be an interesting, mm-hmm. could be kind of a fun, not a fun. <laughs> Fascinating. Fascinating <laughs> evening. Fascinating, Captain. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So we should get that on the on the calendar and get mm-hmm. that out because that really would be a fascinating presentation yeah, for people. Yeah, it's to really interesting. To. All right. Yeah. I think we're all said and done here. I think we are all <laughs> said right. and done here. Let's dig into the popcorn then. Yeah. Yum.